Hello and welcome back to the fire. Um, I'm excited today. Today's a big day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how are we doing today? <laughs> We're excited. <laughs> I'm on fire right now. So excited I could. I guess I, I don't know. Burn up I'm, with I'm raging up in here. <laughs> It's a big day. It is a big day. Do you know why it's a big day? I can't remember, but can't I know remember. it's a big day. Do you know why it's a big day? <laughs> um, Thomas, would you like to share? I can Do you share know why it's a big day? day? Today is the episode where we're going over Romans 1 through 3. But on <laughs> a large... It's episode 100. <laughs> yeah, it is. Woo, one yeah. hundo. One hundo, baby. We've made, We've made it. it. <laughs> Did you guys think we'd ever make it this far? I knew we would make it this far from the very start. <laughs> <laughs> I I had no idea what this after you know from the start what this would look like, but I am not surprised that we've made it this far. Just, yeah. we, we've We're got a good thing going. Just over three years in, I believe. Um, Right? Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, I was just and, doing the uh, math yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, episode 100 right here. It would have been three years right about around Thanksgiving, I think. So. Yep. And very exciting. Just... Halloween in 2020. Oh, yeah, Halloween. The first episode. That puts us right around an episode every other week, which is props to Probably us. Probably a we've little all, more. We've busy lives. A lot has happened. Over those years, and yeah, 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 it's it's been pretty cool that we've made it this far. Four graduations, yeah, right? uh, right around there. Yeah, Peter twice. Uh, two of two of them are mine. Peter twice. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have yet to technically graduate in the okay, span so of this stuck. podcast. So, <laughs> are you are you claiming a fifth for us, Jay? No, no, I would be claiming four in a little while. <laughs> Gone to grad school. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Thomas is now going to be our expert. We're, Peter and I are going to sit back and let Thomas go ahead and take on this podcast for the rest of time. I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This is now Thomas's speciality. <laughs> not quite yet. I'm not ordained. <laughs> but I am studying the Bible in the so, Officially, yeah, which is pretty cool. Official. It's, it's very cool. A lot of fun. And brings a lot of credibility to this podcast, I think. <laughs> we'll see about that. Again, still in the middle of my studies. Aren't we all? Yes. <laughs> in, a, in a certain sense. All forever learning in the classroom that we call life. Mm. Indeed. Yes, sir. Mm. What's on the, uh, the lesson plan for today? Then? Well, today we're going to, we're just going to, um, I know we've, we've covered, I think was it 12, 13, 14 earlier. I think that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, 
And that was like year one of this podcast. And we haven't really gone, we haven't done like a, a whole overview of Romans. We're not doing a whole overview of Romans because there's too much. <laughs> um, in fact, I wanted to do five <laughs> and I've <laughs> shortened it to one through three. Um, but yeah, so we're going to do Romans. Which by itself is quite three. ambitious. So it I'm is excited for today. <laughs> we're not going to be reading all of every one of these chapters. Reading a decent portion of it. Um, and yeah, I think obviously this isn't, I feel like it's not, what we're going to be covering is we're going to be covering one through three, which is half of Paul's um, in the book of Romans. And so he is, yeah, so it's not like the total view. We're jumping over some parts. We're missing some things. But generally, we're getting some good um, good stuff here. We're going to make it to Christ, too. Don't worry. <laughs> Christ will be here, I believe. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. I'm but, sure he will be. Yeah. And so... Let's just, uh, I think, are you guys ready to just jump into it? I am more than ready. I am too. All right. Jump into Let's go. Justification Station. Justification <laughs> Station. Um, just like a quick uh, intro here. Uh, we're just kind of, we're kind of going to look through like what it means to be saved. What does it mean to be Christian? And where do we go from there? That's kind of the idea behind like what justification is. Um, and generally when Paul says to be justified, um, uh, he basically, he's, he means to be right. It's a, it's a legal term. So like it's, it is to, it's a declaration of like truth almost like when you are justified, you are declared righteous. So you can just have that going in your head today. Um, But we're also going to be dealing a lot with sin. A lot with um, why we are, why we need Jesus to be, uh, to be saved, you know? And so here's a a quick little outline of Romans. Um, The basically... Chapter 1, 1 through 15 is the opening, Thanksgiving, prayer, and travel plan. So it's just kind of like some opening miscellaneous stuff. <laughs> so can say, I want to get to Rome, but I got I to gotta go other places first. So I'm just going to write y'all a letter. Um, and yeah, so that's that. Um, then we're, we are going to cover from here. We're going to cover these next two little parts, but it's going to be... Um, 1, 16, and 17, which is just two verses, but it's kind of like the main theme for the whole book of Romans. Um, we're going to jump right into that in a second. Then chapters 1, 18 through 5, through chapter 5, not first 5. All the way through chapter 5. has to deal with sin and justification. And so um, that's kind of where we're going to be. What we've covered in the fa- in the past is um, 
kind of the the 12 to, in the 12 to, chapter 12 to chapter 15 range um which is kind of like christian life and paul's advice for how to be christian how to live christianly um and chapter six through eight is it's important you can't just have justification without uh, sanctification um which is another incredibly important part about faith um there's these two aspects to faith you got and that's your Christian life right there, which is all summed up in one, which is nice. Um, and then 9 to 11 is like faith in the Old Testament and kind of Paul proving his point that uh, even the even the like the people in the Old Testament were uh, justified by faith and even faith, their faith and Abraham's faith was and so that's how we get to where we can have faith in Jesus and it will be credited to us as righteousness, which is fun and cool. And then the end are just some more travel plans and closing stuff. But yeah, so let's, uh, let's jump into um, who wants to read. Well, are we, we're going to read the main theme and then we're, um, so who wants to read Romans 1, 16 through 25? I'll take it. <laughs> I am happy to. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, and that is why I am reading this, Peter. <laughs> for it is the power of God uh, to salvation for everyone who believes, <laughs> for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they know God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their hearts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Mm. Thank you, Justin. Um, You're welcome. And there we go. The main theme here um, is the first two, which is for I am not but is the power of God for, for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek for in it, the right, Revealed from faith, from faith for faith. It is written, "The righteous shall live by faith." So yeah, there, there's that. Um, how do you guys? What do you guys? I guess yeah. So this verse is basically the introduction to the main quote-unquote content of Romans. Um, this is a transition from the opening Thanksgiving stuff and to the the meat of what he's getting into with. Um, 
and then further on into sanctification. Um, and so, uh, how do you guys feel about these these verses here? I personally like um, verse 18. Um, which says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men and men who suppress the truth in righteousness. And I think the word suppress was interesting to me, and it connects with um, verse 20, where God has made his eternal power kind of manifest so that humans, we are all without excuse. And, you know, I read this to mean, and I pull this from the footnotes of my Bible as well, that, you know, God's glory, God's truth is available and understandable to us all. It's something that every human at some level gets. Um, Paul does not write that people don't comprehend it or that people fail to see it. Instead, he says that people suppress it, which to me means that everyone understands this. There's no excuse for anyone not to follow it. And if we choose not to, it's because we are actively suppressing it. You have to actively suppress something in order to suppress it. You can't just passively suppress it so it's it's like rebellion and suppressing the truth um and that makes it more of a wrongdoing to do so hmm. and it's a choice that we all have yeah suppress yeah. is a very active verb i feel like um it almost reminds me of like playing whack-a-mole or something <laughs> like the truth <laughs> is there and it's coming up like god is trying to make it clear and evident but we are just keep batting it down um and holding it down and suppressing it and instead we're choosing what well, i think your translation of the bible justin said um for corruptible in verse 23 like exchanging incorruptible things from god and his truth for corruptible like man-made um images and idols and i think that's that that's the crux of it is that like the truth is there it's evident but we are suppressing it by choosing ourselves and humanity um which is corruptible in exchange for or instead of god's incorruptible truth and his um attributes and wisdom and i actually have um a couple questions here if you guys can indulge me <laughs> um <laughs> the first is in uh verse 17 i was curious about what from faith for faith means at least in the esv it says for in it righteousness of god is revealed from faith for faith which i found interesting but um i'm curious as, as to exactly what that means and then secondly and this doesn't have to be a long explanation, but um, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. That makes me think that um, like God, I don't know, I think about groups of people around the world who may not have access to the Bible and don't have access to the word of God, which obviously reveals so much about God, but still that maybe through like God's creation, like you look outside and <clears throat> you see mountains and the sunset and snow or whatever, like, and there's no denying that even without 
ever hearing of the Bible before. There's no denying that God exists. And is that what you guys, how you guys understand that essentially? Like no one can have an excuse because it is evident that God exists. Um, uh, yeah, uh, that, that is, that is how I would generally interpret that. Um, he gets into, into that a bit later, um, in, in Romans, which I don't think we're going to be, we're going to cover that exact argument today. Um, at least for your, your second, uh, the first point, I think it's like a, it's a good way of saying like, uh, it's just like emphasizing faith. You know, like you have to start from faith to get faith to, it's like a, it's a paradoxical way of, of, uh, it's like how when I think of it, it's like the, in order to become wise, you must first be wise and like ask your wisdom from God and fear God. And it's like that cycle of to fear God is to be wise and to be wise is to fear um, God is revealed from faith for faiths. So like you kind of. It's like that same thing for that. But mm-hmm. yeah, to answer the faith for faith question, my Bible says faith to faith, from faith to faith. And I have a specific footnote on it in my Bible that says from faith to faith means that faith is at the beginning of the salvation process and it is the goal as well. When a person first exercises faith in Christ, that person is saved from the penalty of sin and declared righteous. And as a believer continues to live by faith, God continues to save him or her from the power of sin to live righteously. So I think it's just, uh, as Thomas was saying, kind of the um, importance and long-running value of faith at the start and continuing value of it later on. Um, To answer your second question, Peter, that's one that I struggle with as well, and I don't have a good answer for you because I always think of like... um, (laughs) You know, people who lived in, say, like the the Native American Indians who lived here and never really had a chance to be reached by the gospel until, obviously, you know, that side of the world was more discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, like those people, I always feel like it's unfair to say that, like, they're without excuse. Um but creation is around them. And it's just, it's something that I've always struggled with. I don't have a good answer for you. Um, it could be a whole episode by itself probably, but yes, I do think that is what it is saying is that the glory of God, his creation and his, his truth is so evident in the world that, um, there simply is no excuse. And who am I to push back against, you know, yeah, what God has written here. <laughs> yeah i do think that one is one of like the bigger things i i grapple with but also we know that god's word is perfect and true and that like that we obviously can can trust that it isn't and then it's figuring out like okay like this is like this is true this is god's word it is truth and then it's understanding from there like mm-hmm. how does how does it make sense and why why it is from there and and trusting that yeah we don't have all the answers as humans but it'd be a good good conversation to have with God one day in heaven. Yeah, and it's we're actually gonna get into that a little bit more 
in chapter two. Uh, so this will come up again yeah, later. Yeah, it does. Um, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, so we can we can put a pin in that, and we can reopen that when we go over there because that's God's judgment and the law later as well. And it once again brings up that people are without excuse. Um, so, yeah. Is that, does that satisfy you for now, Pete? Yes, it does. All right. Any other, any other things to say The beginning of, of this section. All right. Well, so... Paul is structuring and structures his soiree, should we say, into uh, justification in this book is so if the first really for the first chapter after like from 18 to the end, um, his, his argument is basically uh, the Gentiles are basically he's arguing that people deserve sin. And I do, and right now he's he's arguing that the Gentiles deserve sin because they because they have no excuse and they've done all these things that they should know is wrong based on how the world is and they do them anyways. Um, and so they are filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetous, covetousness, and malice. Um, and that's from verse twenty nine. Um, so basically. The wrath of God comes on sinners, which is 118. Uh, the himself to all, which is 119 and 20. Um, if one sins, he is without excuse then, 120. And in fact, men, A, not worshiping the true God, and B, by committing terrible other sins. And further on in the book of um, Romans, he also talks. And sin, this is going to be in like chapters six through eight, six, seven, and eight, and how Adam's sins kind of corrupted the entire world. Um, and then five, verse 132, this, these sins deserve death. So basically, Paul is, is, is arguing here that Gentiles are without excuse when they come to the end of their life and that they need a way to be saved. And so he's going to. And then in chapter two, um, he's going to start arguing for the same thing for the Jews, which the Jews by this time, in like Paul's day, are like engaging in like a, a works-based righteousness, which is he completely against in like all of this book too. Um, that you're not. You're not saved by your own good works, but you're saved by the good works of Christ. Um, so, yeah. Do you guys still want to say some more things about chapter one? Oh, uh, I'm okay to move on. I think. Um, yeah, I am too. Just <laughs> real quickly, as I was reading this, uh, I couldn't help but feel that verses 21 through 23 kind of sound like something that would be in like the opening narration of the Lord of the Rings, that old, um, just like giving like the origin or backstory where the, or not the old woman, but like the woman is narrating. That's like, um, 
Claiming to be wise, they became fools in exchange in the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Uh, Creep. <laughs> I know I've read the... that multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is that is all I have to add on chapter one. <laughs> nice, good addition. I just, I, as I was reading it, I didn't, her voice, like, I just read it through her, like, in her voice narration because it seemed like a style of, a style of something that she would say. I like it. <laughs> Which Tolkien could have been influenced by Romans. He probably was. Certainly. It surprised me. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna jump ahead to Romans two twelve through twenty nine, um, but just know that part of the argument that we're we're skipping here is the part where he's like, "You Jews are judging the Gentiles based on the law that has been given to you, but you do the same things because um, if you know what to do and you and you know how to judge other people for doing it, you also then judge yourself for doing it." It's kind of like kind of argument <laughs> i was basically yeah. saying the jews aren't are just as bad as the gentiles because they know everything the gentiles are doing wrong and they're doing nothing about it um <laughs> takes one to know one <laughs> it takes a sinner to know a sinner um and so now moving on into um verse uh 12 through 29 peter do you, you want to read this one <clears throat> happily <laughs> i'm unashamed to read this part <laughs> all right starting with verse 12 for all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law for it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before god but the doers of the law who will be justified for when gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires they are a law to themselves even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience, conscience also bears witness. And their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent, because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you, you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhors idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. For circumcision indeed is of value if you obey the law. But if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, who will, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. Boom. 
There we go. Uh, what are you guys? What are you guys seeing here? <laughs> Quite a lot. <laughs> um, I I kind of want to start for me at least with the last couple verses because it makes it kind of more clear in my mind um, what's going on, which is that there's more concern now, and Paul is saying that there's more concern from God for. Um, the inward reality of who we are more than the outward reality of that. Um, and circumcision is a good, a great way to look at it because it's very much an outward symbol of being a Jew. But, you know, the times have changed at this point when Paul is writing this to where there's a lot more concern about the inward heart than there is about these outward signs. And that goes for the law too. So we kind of see the role that the law has. And Paul kind of gets into that a little bit here where, you know, it's, there's more concern for the heart. Um, and the outward, my Bible says, God wants the outward demonstration to be the sign of an inward reality. So um, we should be focused on what's inside of us and let that then shine on the outside rather than simply be focused on what we give off to the world. Yeah, I think that, um, or I, yeah, I agree with that. And especially when it starts talking about like circumcision towards the end of year and, um, and that circum and that circumcision is not outward and physical, but a matter of the heart by the spirit and not by the letter. Like, I'm sure a lot of Jews at this point who have been given the law, um, you know, circumcision is, it is a seal and a sign that they are God's chosen people and set apart. Um, but that has in, in the new covenant that we live under, that is like that seal and sign is a matter of the heart. I feel like in living out, um, yeah, or having our hearts inclined towards God and having faith and that being evident in our, um, in our actions that point to that faith. Um, and one other, oh yeah. And I also see how yeah, this kind of points to the, what we were talking about in chapter one or that question I had about for no one is that excuse because here it talks about the Gentiles, though they don't have, they're, they weren't the chosen people given like the the biblical law. They are still a law to themselves because they have their conscience bears witness to some level of, of right and wrong. And so they are also without excuse. And that's how I kind of interpret that as well. But um, also there's a lot to feel like a lot to unpack there because that's also kind of confusing. Yeah. There's just, there's, there's too much to really dive into today and a lot more. This would be a great topic for a future podcast. Maybe we'll do a series in Romans. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Um, we may have to. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of like, I think the idea that he is that, um, and we'll get, we can get oh, we'll get get even more into this a little, I believe. But um, like, 
you live like so if we are judged based on our own life based on our own lives unless you have christ in which case you get um it's this idea that um you impose a law on like your own life if you don't know like you know you you can look at the world and you can see how god created it and you can right like people know that if you walk up to a baby and chuck it on the ground that is a heinous action that you should not do (laughs) (laughs) very heinous that's a of like of knowing something that is wrong to do inherently um and so like even if you may not know the the specific law that the jews have been given through moses a certain way of life and how to live through creation and that which is which gives you no excuse and you're going to be judged based on what you know basically how it is and even even with that paul gets into like you're not even going to be righteous enough and so he also argues that the jews are even do not know anything because they know it and they still can't do it which should which which he wants to push the jews towards christ because it's like you know the law you still know that you can't keep it and you're even more in wrong than the because of that fact. Therefore, you need Jesus. And the Gentiles, because they need direction, therefore they need Jesus. And that's kind of where he's going with this, I believe. Does that make, does that make sense? Are you guys following that? I am, and I, I especially think that is applicable for, like you look at verses... 22 through 24 23 through 24 um writing to the jewish people you who make your boast in the law you dishonor god through breaking the law um and so it's it's a call out to the jews like if you're gonna boast in the law and your ability to follow it and then you break it those who are looking to you the gentiles here are then blaspheming god's name because they have a flawed understanding of things because if you're going to boast in something and then go about living your life incorrectly after having boasted in it then everyone's kind of screwed up (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and it becomes a problem for both jew and gentile and the jews are supposed to be a light to the gentiles the jews are like in judaism the way that the world is saved is by israel following god and that's that is how like it's kind of laid out in the Old Testament. Like Israel is supposed to be a light to the nations. If Israel is righteous, then the nations around them will start to be righteous. It never gets to that point because Israel can never be righteous, <laughs> which is why we needed Jesus. Um, but that's that's the idea. Yeah, it's like there's there's a flawed reality of the law whether like the gentilian law that is their conscience bears witness to or the jews um you know sticking to law but or like you know being passionate about the law and and hearing it and knowing it but then going on and disobeying it um and that gets them nowhere and it's almost like paul is trying to unite 
both the Jews and Gentiles in their unrighteousness and like and unworthiness <laughs> um, and in their their sinfulness because they're essentially I know I'm gonna, this is bleeding into a little bit of chapter three but the first verse in chapter three says then what advantage has the Jew or what is the value of circumcision essentially like it doesn't matter Jew or Gentile like we are all unworthy of um, and no one has an advantage regardless of the law that has been given to us and um some context i was uh for this for the just the letter to romans i got this from the bible project but apparently paul was writing this shortly after a after the jews had been expelled from rome for a period of five years and then they had just recently been sent back into rome or allowed back into rome and during that time the gentilian Christian church <clears throat> grew uh, with, without any Jews there. And then the Jews come back and then there's like the Jewish Christian church versus the Gentile Christian church. There's just been so much division through those five years. And then obviously there's a reason why Paul needs to level set and um, make sure everyone on equal, like Jews and Gentiles are on equal footing and understanding that no one has an advantage over the other and that we're all, guilty and deserving of God's wrath. And that is essentially what unites. It's uh, like a slice of humble pie that unites the Jews that shouldn't unite the Jews and Gentiles, as I understand. And obviously leads up to a very beautiful thing that in chapter three, which is Jesus and justification. Yeah. Very, very well said. But yeah, it's like, that's kind of his, he's like, Gentiles are bad. Jews are even worse, technically. And then there's no distinction between Jew and Gentile. Therefore, but, but God's righteous, but God is still righteousness. His righteousness is still there. And then if we are none that are righteous, that brings us to chapter 3, 21, verses... Oh, well, that verses uh, 21 through 30, um, which I will, I will now read. Um, and we can talk about that. Yeah, so the 19 and 20, I'll read, I'll also read, because that serves as a good transition between no, not as righteous, and into the righteousness of God through faith. Um now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of, of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus, that is in, that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put by his blood to, receive, to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time 
so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not? Also, yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. <laughs> Good stuff. Fire, fiery stuff. Indeed. In the fiery stuff. That's where we are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Double indeed. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this is been leading up to this entire time since he started in chapter. Um, the fact that we need Christ and we need to have faith in Christ to be declared righteous. Um, yeah, that's uh, there it is. What do you guys else? What else do you guys have to say about this? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, I verses twenty-three to um, twenty-four, and I mean especially verse twenty-three. There's a reason it's one of the classic verses in the Bible: "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." It's because it puts everyone no matter who you are no matter where you're from what you look like what uh what race you are what anything that you are it puts you everyone on the same playing field um we are all sinners at our base and we all fall short of the glory of god and then it sets up you know that everyone has that same identity and then when you have an identity in in christ that is who you are um that is what matters more than anything else here and you know paul talks about we've read the gospel going from the jews and then to the greek um and we read that no one's without excuse and both those sides jew and gentile are in the wrongdoing they live in sin um and uh, verse 23 sums it up nicely, <laughs> very simply, because everyone is at the same place at the start um, and everyone has access to the same God and everyone has the means by which you and everyone understands at some level at the base of who you are, what God has done and what the truth is. And so it's really up to each individual person whether or not they're going to accept that new identity in Christ. Yeah, I think, well, there are these verses throughout Romans that really encapsulate and summarize everything so beautiful, beautifully. And as you said, Justin, I think, you know, 23, as you brought up 23 and 24, I think those are great verses that that do that in the end of 23. For there is no distinction for all sin and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Um, and... And also chapter one, Thomas, you, you mentioned 16 and 17 is kind of the launching pad through which we um, entered into 
our discussion today and that also is a great summary but then it's also like there's so much more to add um like paul does a great job with these verses summarizing them and then like the rest of romans is also so complex because it's like i just imagine paul writing this and being like oh this is a good like this encapsulates everything and i'm like oh um we got to write about this as well and it just leads to one thing leads to another and like there's all these details about um for why there is no distinction and for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's like Paul was just on a tear writing this. Um, and I'm, I'm sure he was just like, it was just like had one important thing to say after another. And I think, yeah, these verses 23 and 24 encapsulate it so well. And, um, you know, at first it can seem kind of doom and gloom that, you know, like Jews and Gentiles, like in verse one and, or in chapters one and two, it's like, oh, and we all kind of, stink and are, like we're bad and unworthy and we're all alike in that we apart from god are are just sinful and deserving of god's wrath his just wrath um but then there's justification simply because of god's grace as a gift as it says in verse 24 uh through what jesus said, did did the redemption the redemptive work on the cross and I think, yeah, that's the beauty of justification. We are um, no longer seen as guilty, but we have like a new relationship, a justified right relationship with God again because of a gift, all because of, and all from Christ and God, which is so beautiful. And it's just, you know, I think this all just points to the glory of God. Um, like we all, knowing that we're all sinful and equal in that, um, it sets it up for God being glorified even more through just the wonderful gift of grace that he has given us. Yeah, absolutely. This is, yeah, I'd say this is probably the climax of the first part of the book. And then from here on out in four and five, he's, um, he's arguing for, Faith being the mode at which we receive, faith in Christ being the mode at which we receive um, our justification. But uh, this is this is like the the peak. Um, the Jews and also the Gentiles, um, and like he brings that argument back from the end of two, where being like, if a Gentile followed the law, he would, it would be counted to him as circumcision. He would be godly. He would be righteous, but he can't. So he needs Christ Jesus. Um, this is really just, this is the good news. This is the gospel. And it's wonderful. It's, it's based on nothing that we have done, but only what Christ has done for us um, and what he did in his work on the cross. Um, so that we might be declared sons and daughters. And that's, that's an exciting thing, you know? I think it's, it's pretty cool, pretty awesome. We are declared righteous because of Christ's righteousness and not our own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Do you guys have anything else to say? Hmm. I think I am good with where we're at. We may have to continue this next week. Yeah. 
I'm. It always like energizes me talking about Roman since there's always boundless things to to talk about. Um, yeah, I love this discussion today. I think tying it back to those first verses that you mentioned, that I think I understand a little bit, like from faith for faith now, especially you know in this last passage saying no, but the law of faith is. Um, yeah, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. And then do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. I think like for in, in that verse 17, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. I think it you know, all comes down to through faith by grace. And um, like we are made righteous because of our faith in believing God, because in believing God and Jesus, that righteousness is God's righteousness is imputed onto us, and then that faith breeds even more faith. And that's why we should continue to uphold the law because our faith can grow through that sanctification. And yeah, just it's a cool, cool little thing that, that I recognize with just that all being all being faith um, through God's grace. I think that idea of faith being the goal too. I think you, you kind of briefly touched on just now. Yeah. But like, faith is the means and the goal, you know, um, justification and us quite the goal. It's just, it's just the beginning, you know, it's the foundation. Um, the goal is faith in Christ and deeper faith in Christ and a more sure faith in Christ. And it really is by faith that everything happens. Justification is a bonus, you know, <laughs> but faith is the, what really makes it happen, which is cool. Yes. And I'm sorry if, if I happen to say, I'm sorry if I happen to say by faith through grace, did I say that? I guess it's oh, by grace. I remember. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> but I, I may have not, but if I didn't say that, then, you know, I'm just highlighting that point <laughs> even more, but. If I did that's that, fair. Faith through Christ. I mean, it's pretty similar. It is, yeah. It is. It's a small. But that's that's a that's a good distinction to make, though. Yeah, faith distinction. <laughs> cool. I guess Christ isn't the put faith in things. Anyways, never mind. But yeah, Justin, you got anything? Uh, I don't think so. I think, we, Thomas, you've done a good job of covering a lot of this today. Um, and it is a lot to cover. I, I would recommend, um, as we have recommended in the past on several instances, if you're listening to this, just take some time and, you know, read through, if you can, all of Romans 1 through 3 and read it kind of closely. Um, because we might go forward with a little series on Romans here and maybe we revisit these chapters, but if not, you know, it might be nice to have a little baseline understanding of this. I think I'm going to have to reread all this again. So, um, just a suggestion to our listeners to read this more closely, uh, if you have not already, but maybe a couple times through again, cause it's, there's a lot packed in here and I think you really takes like slow, very close reading to get a start on understanding it. Sounds good.
All right. Well, I will pray us out. <laughs> Justin, I believe you have a big announcement to make. <laughs> I can make it. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for allowing uh, once again, hop on a call together and just talk about your word. Um, talk about your son, what he's done for us. And yeah, just uh, dwell on uh, on the the glory that of uh, that is the person that who you are and to uh to realize the grace that you've given us through your son and his dying on a cross for our sins lord so that we might be welcomed in with the family um that we no longer need to have an excuse because we have jesus christ right not sure um, thank you for sending your son so that we may we may not die a terrible death forever with you. Um, thank you for that and allow us to, uh, to meet back here soon and to continue talking with your word and bless our days, your nights, and our week, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <clears throat> so as Thomas mentioned. We do have some big things happening now that we are 100 episodes in. I'll start with the big news and then we'll get on to the more usual stuff. Um, we are launching a website for our podcast. Um, <laughs> yes, thank you. Clap, clap. I'll insert some. There might be a little cheer sound effect that I can. Of people <laughs> clapping and cheering that I can insert. So if there is, then you will hear it now. All right. There's the cheer. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, or not. If, if there's no cheer, then there was no sound effect available. Um, but we do have a website that we're going to come out with. Um, we're working on it right now, but it will be up within the coming days. And it's going to be a place where we can post updates, um, another place where you can kind of get links to episodes and access episodes. You can be able to contact us through there, uh, see a little bit more about us. And also, I think we are going to try and maybe start up a little blog um, posting thing where we can make posts about individual episodes or different topics. So we're going to be adding a new element to our arsenal here in here at In the Fire podcast. Um the link to the website, I do not have it right now, a URL or anything, but if you follow us on Instagram, we will put that out there this week, um, and then you'll have access to be able to go and view that page and contact us that way. Um, that said, you can contact us in several other ways. Instagram is one of them. Our Instagram uh, page is at In the Fire Podcast, spelled out exactly as it sounds, no tricks to it there. We post when we have new episodes. We'll get the website info up there. You can DM us. You can respond to our posts. Um, if you have ideas for episodes or comments on episodes, questions or anything like that, you can also email us at three in the fire at gmail.com, the number three in the fire at gmail.com. And we love to hear from you. And that is why we are going to go and get this website out there because we like interacting with our listeners and we like new ways that you can interact with us so get excited <laughs> boom there we go boom and thanks
thanks for making it to a hundred episodes with us, to our listeners. Um, I don't know. Maybe there is a, a listener, multiple listeners who have listened to all 100 of them. If so, we are maybe extremely grateful for you, but um, <laughs> any, any listener who's listened to any episode and is still listening to this episode right now. Thank you. Yeah. Um, there might be someone out there. I wouldn't be, I, I might be surprised if someone got all 100, but I wouldn't be too, too shocked. <laughs> uh if you have not there is still time to listen to all of them so uh go and give them all a listen <laughs> we'll give you a shout out if you <laughs> go ahead and say you or go and listen to all of them and, and circle back and let us know and there'll be a special shout out waiting for you <laughs> even if you just watch one a day you know well only It'll, I mean, it'll take what a hundred days. It's like three months. That's only like, By Easter, oh, like seven, yeah. maybe eight more episodes. You know? By Easter, you'll be, uh, you'll be in there. I don't know when Easter is this year, but you'll be caught up and possibly even ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's doable. <laughs> oh, it's Sunday, March thirty first this year, so Easter may not be. Oh, it'll be a little attainable. After. An early one. We well, could re- listen to two on Sundays. Yes, there you maybe go. Have a, maybe you have a long car ride. You know? <laughs> uh, but we are incredibly thankful for everyone for listening and keeping us going for a hundred episodes. Um, it's a pleasure to bring this podcast to you uh, whenever we're able to record an episode. Yeah, it's a privilege. Thank you very much. Yeah. We love you guys. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> you are listeners. You are the spark that flames. What is it? The spark that fans no. flames. No. <laughs> no, no, no. He's trying to. Peter's trying to ruin this episode with <laughs> with a certain quote from a it's movie, a fire, and I think we should analogy. end it before we. <laughs> Before we uh, hear that, uh, fine. I yes, I won't. I won't go there. Well, all right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully, we'll interact with you with the blog, and we'll see you at a later date. Goodbye, everyone. Peace. Adios. <laughs>